Our text for today, the third Sunday of Lent, begins in the second chapter of the Gospel according to John, beginning in the 13th verse. This passage of Scripture, or at least the story it tells, is familiar with almost everyone who goes to church regularly, and even many outside of the church. Our Gospel account today is John's description of Jesus entering the temple and overturning the tables of the money changers and the merchants. This scene is packed with small details. Some of them are directly in the text, and some require a little cross-referencing for them to make sense. And today, we will focus our attention on those which help us see this passage as an aid to our keeping of a Holy Lent. John begins by writing that it was the Passover of the Jews. The Gospels were not written as the events unfolded. They're not diary entries. Instead, they were written later as the church began to grow and spread. And those who were not eyewitnesses personally needed a written record of what happened to be an aid to their growing faith. John, writing letter, <laughs> writing later, is indicating in this simple statement that Christians no longer followed the Jewish temple celebration of the Passover. Prior to the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus and the disciples did indeed follow the temple worship. The opening sentence, the Passover of the Jews was at hand and Jesus went up to Jerusalem, indicates that at, the time they were, at that time they were observing Passover but not any longer. John makes a point of saying that Passover, that Passover I'm describing in this story, that Passover is of the Jews. Why is that important? Because they're no longer observing that Passover because Jesus, Jesus himself, is the Passover of the Christians. 1 Corinthians 5.7 Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. 1 Peter 1.19, the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. And the lamb without blemish is the requirement for a Passover lamb. Revelation 13.8, the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Again, the Passover lamb, who? That is Christ. As Christians, we do not keep, as John called it, the Passover of the Jews. Because Jesus, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. As Christians, we do not celebrate the Seder dinner. Jesus is our heavenly banquet. Every time the Mass is celebrated, and we are made present at the sacrifice of Christ. The Passover was a foreshadowing of the deliverance Jesus would provide all of God's people. Christians have no reason to participate in the shadows when the sun, the Son of God Himself, shines brightly upon us. And all of that is subtly conveyed in John's opening words. Now as we move into the action of our text, we see that Jesus is entering the temple and sees it filled with people selling oxen, sheep, and pigeons, as well as money changers, people who are exchanging currency, and as Anyone who has traveled knows whenever you exchange currency, you lose a little bit to that person who is changing the money for you. Initially, this seems a completely out-of-order scene. 
What in the world are people doing selling livestock and such in the temple? This is where we need a cross-reference for it to begin to make sense. Back in Deuteronomy, the people of God are told to tithe from everything their field produces. The term tithe is roughly understood to be 10%. When you consider the various offerings and sacrifices that are required in the Old Testament, when strictly followed, you will find that the tithe is actually more than 10%, but 10% is a fair enough rule of thumb, and it will help keep the math easy for the telling of this allowance by God. God commands tithe everything from your field. Did you get 100 bushels of grain? Bring 10 to the temple. Did your flock birth 10 lambs? Bring one to the temple. Did your vineyard produce 20 vats of wine? Bring two to the temple, and so on and so forth. But, says God in Deuteronomy, if it is too far for you to carry your tithe, then sell that sacrifice and use the money to buy a sacrifice when you arrive. Make it easy for, on yourself. God intends to make it easier for us to remove obstacles that get in the way of our being obedient. In response, though, the people in Jerusalem saw it as a way of making a profit, making a profit off of the faithful. Because those members of the faithful came in from all over the countryside, from the various corners of the empire now ruled by Rome, all over the region, showing up with their money. That money, because it was out in the community, because it was money of the empire, included the image of the emperor. That money could not be used for sacrifices or for the paying of the temple tax because it had that Roman emperor image and the Roman emperor, the Caesar, set himself up as God or the emperor's grand total brought, set themselves up as a series of gods. And therefore it was sacrilegious. It was a violation of the commandments and the law to use that pagan money, that that had a carve an image of a false god, an emperor, in the temple. So the money changers convert the currency at really bad rates of exchange, profiting off of the faithful. Next, there are those that are selling the sacrifices. The person sold a sacrifice back home, has carried the money all the way to Jerusalem, had a large portion of the money eaten up in the fees of the money changers, and is now faced with people selling sacrifices at inflated prices. By the time it's all done, the person who intended to sacrifice an ox is sacrificing a lamb, the person who intended to sacrifice a lamb is sacrificing a pigeon. Whatever the intent was, the faithful member doing the best that person could do is reduced to a small portion of what they originally had back home and it intended to bring as a sacrifice. What had been intended to make it easier to be obedient and be a blessing to the faithful has been so abused and corrupted it has become a burden to the people. And Jesus walks into this scene. He walks into the temple and sees that it is not a place of worship. It is not a place of prayer. But it is a 
profiteering marketplace where those with the sales tables are getting rich from abusing a system that was intended to aid the faithful. In response, Jesus turns the tables. Jesus flips the tables over. He pours out all the money changers' bags of coins. And with a quickly made whip, Jesus drives them all from the temple. And you see, it was not the activity itself. The concept was there to be helpful. It wasn't the actual concept, the thing that was going on. That was actually given by God. That was not wrong. It is what the activity had become that was wrong. Something that had been intended for good had been turned to evil. What was to bring people closer to God has driven them further from God. As a result, Jesus had to flip the tables. Jesus forced a giant temple reset to occur. And, in many ways, that is what we should be striving for in Lent. When we select those things to do without for the season of Lent, our small fasts, we should be intentional. What thing in life, no matter how good and even beneficial in its original intention, has become a distraction and drives us from God? Even if we do not notice that it is driving us from God, sometimes it is not so much a driving force that we notice openly, but being lulled into a gentle drift away. What tables within us need to be flipped like the tables in the temple? After all, as the Apostle Paul reminds us in his first letter to the Corinthians, that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you. You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. Go, glorify God in your body. If you have not already begun to do so this Lent, begin turning the tables in your life, in your temple of the Holy Spirit, that distract you from, drive you from, or simply set you drifting from knowing God in His fullness. Amen.